It's now time for Let's Talk with Smitty on WSBS and on the free WSBS app. Good morning, everybody. It's Smitty. That means it's Monday, a beautiful sunny day in the Berkshires. It's Patriots Day, which is also Marathon Monday in the city of Boston. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my niece who's running her first marathon today. She's been training all winter long. It's always hard to train during the cold weather and then actually run on a decent day today. But uh, she's going to be wonderful today. So I wish her all the best and hope everybody is uh, safe down there again. Uh, we got a great show today and uh, t- two two uh, men that I really have a, a great deal of admiration for. One I just met last week, uh, but uh, Gary Pratt is here. I've known for a few years. Uh, welcome aboard, Gary, and uh, Adam Post. Uh, Gary is the project manager, and Adam is the recovery coach for a new recovery center just opening in the Berkshires in Great Barrington, right on Main Street. So thank you guys for both joining us. Thanks for having us, Smitty. Morning. Thank you. How you been doing? Everybody have a good weekend? Had a spectacular weekend. Good, good. Um, t- tell us about what is the mission of <coughs> rural recovery? What, what does that mean to folks? So rural recovery is a peer support recovery center opening in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Um, so we're opening the South County Recovery Center, and what it really is is a space where everybody is welcome who is affected by substance use disorder in any way, shape, or form. So whether that's a person who's currently using substances, a person who's in recovery from substances, or a person like that's, you know, just been affected by it, like a family member who, you know, I've always had this vision of like a grandmother who's, grandchild is using substances and she doesn't know what to do like she can walk through our door and we can connect her to services where she can find the help and support that she might need so it's not it's it's open for everybody it's not just open for people who are going through substance abuse Uh, it could be like you say a family member that's impacted by it that just doesn't know how to deal with that loved one going through that yeah and you know that interesting you know it's unfortunate like we we live in a time in you know, in Berkshire County, in South Berkshire County, where everybody knows somebody. Like, that's the thing. Like, everybody's affected by this. There's a, there's a, there's a big population of people who use substances. And it's, you know, we've, we've been stuck for a long time in that stereotypical junkie drunk mentality. Like, you know, there's that, that, that stereotype where people think of, you know, somebody in the gutter or somebody like sneaking off into the garage and drinking. But like, there's everyday people that are using substances and, you know, people that need help too. And, you know, we're, we're still in a pandemic. And one of the things that Adam and I are concerned about is like people that were using substances pre-pandemic at a like quote unquote normal level that their substance use has kind of ramped up over the past two years. And, you know, not to say that they have a problem now, but they may think that they have a problem. And, like, actually, like, coming to terms with that, that's a scary proposition sometimes. Let me, let me, let me ask you, I, I want to jump into to Adam in, in, a, in a second. So bear with me, Adam. Um, I, I want to ask you, like, I've represented this Southern Berkshire for, for quite some time now. And you still run into people that say, well, that's, gee, that's a Pittsfield problem and whatever. It's, it's not a Pittsfield problem. It's a societal problem. It's not just a young person's problem. It's a societal issue. Um, but how do we convince people that, you know, we needed a facility like this in Southern Berkshire County uh, because of we live in an area that ha- doesn't have great public transit to begin with. Um, we're a very rural area, which naturally rural recovery is a good, good uh, a title for it. But how do you convince people who may be skeptical that it is going on in the Southern Berkshire County and we do need an organization like this uh, having a storefront, so to speak? So, yeah, I mean, there's always been a problem here. And the, one of the biggest problems was stigma. That's, that's the, like, the biggest problem that any person that's affected by substance use disorder will ever face. Um, you know, stigma, very simply, is just a mark of shame. And, you know, people carry that. People carry that 
like within themselves, people that are using substances and people outside of that too. Like there's a lot of blame and a lot of shame placed on people. And, you know, it, it's been a prevalent problem. Like my entire using history was in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Mm. I used heroin in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. I used alcohol in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Um, you know, and it's not a very hard thing to find if you're looking for it. And it's here, it's been here, and it's been a problem. Like, the, the the biggest problem, though, is, like, you know, throughout my entire using history, which was, you know, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I've been in recovery for more than 13 years, is that people don't talk about it. Like, we live in, what's the slogan, Premier, America's premier cultural resort? Mm-hmm. In America's premier cultural resort, you don't have problems like drug use. You don't have problems like mm-hmm. homelessness. You know, and in the Berkshires, especially South Berkshire County, it's one of those hidden problems. You know, we don't see people passed out on Main Street. We don't see homeless people sleeping on Main Street, but they're here. They're in people's houses. They're like, you know, the homeless in in South County are generally on people's couches, like you couch surf, and you use behind closed doors. And you know, with with you know cell phones and computers now, it's it's a lot easier to make those connections. You don't have to have an open air drug market. You know, but people use people use on a daily basis and when they go to like when it gets to be a problem that they need to address if they want services they've generally had to leave this area so that's that meets the need here and you know we have basically a storefront at 67 state road in great barrington you know where it's front and center where people can come and people can feel welcomed they can feel like they belong and they can make the connections that are necessary Mm -hmm. to be able to to move forward in Gary, the recovery. Can, can I just jump in real quick? Absolutely. We're talking about substance use, and I just wanted to make sure that we're talking about alcohol um, yes, and you. prescription drug use. Um, since I have, I met Gary, what, two years ago, so the pandemic had been going on for a bit. As a person who you know, has been in recovery for some period of time. It's been a struggle in my life. Uh, people uh, reach out to me with these issues uh, occasionally. And in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I did get some phone calls, phone calls from friends, loved ones who were struggling with alcohol uh, use that, like Gary said, sort of ramped up a bit um, for whatever reason. Um, you know, maybe they weren't working, et cetera. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure that when we're talking about substances, you know, obviously, um, fentanyl and all that, maybe we'll talk about that is the, uh, you know, extremely dangerous. It's kind of, we talk about it as a crisis, the opioid crisis, but, um, I think because of the stigma or maybe some misunderstanding about what substance use actually means, we're, we're talking about all substances. Yes. Um, that's, and that's something that we do, we, we sort of engage on that level, um, you know, for me as a recovery coach or at the recovery center. Um, I yeah. think that's very important. That's a good point, uh, Adam. And I think it's a, a good point that people need to hear that it's not just, you know, the drug addicts and, the, you know, the stigmas yep. that we have around that. Um, I love the a- idea that you're opening the door to family members who are clean and sober, but are being impacted by it. There's no... There's no one person that alone is the only one being impacted by substance abuse, whatever that substance is. We're here with Gary Pratt and Adam Post, uh, just two great young guys that I, I have a great deal of respect for. Uh, they're opening a rural recovery center here at 67 State Street, um, and it's right on the main street. And I, I think that's good. I think it's not a, a, a 
building in the back of the lot or someplace else. It's right there front and center, and I hope people will, will pay attention to it. Adam, you're a recovery coach. Explain to folks what is a recovery coach, and what does your daily job look like? Um, I always say that you know there's there's people who read a book, and then there's people who wrote the book. <laughs> right. I look at you two guys as you wrote the book, so you can speak firsthand about your own personal experiences, That and I think that makes you a, an even better recovery coach. But explain to folks who are listening, what is a recovery coach, and what, do you, what does one expect if their loved one is coming in to see you? Yeah, so recovery coaching, I think the number one um, skill or the number one uh, you know, it's it's the personal experience that gives a recovery coach the uh, expertise. So, um, you know, lived experience, we call it. Uh, so I am in recovery. Um, and, you know, so I think uh, that connection um, of understanding and sort of trust is really important when you're first uh, starting to try and help somebody that you know, I've been where this person has been to some extent. Um, otherwise, there's some training, you know, uh, there's a Recovery Coach Academy, which I did, um, uh, CCAR. Uh, but, you know, my main kind of expertise, like I said, is um, having been to treatment, detoxes, and sort of navigated um, recovery. So um, people know about sponsorship and 12-step programs. Uh, there is a difference in that um, hopefully now what Gary and I are here to kind of talk about is that recovery um, is an individual, uh, you know, I, I hope as a recovery coach to help people design their recovery, put it together as something that they can feel good about and achieve. Um, so I, as a recovery coach, I'd meet somebody where they're at. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of our motto and, uh, try and help them, like I said, navigate, uh, uh, meetings, support, therapy, um, medication, uh, you know, I'm always kind of trying to be educated, uh, about what's going on in our community, what resources are there so that that's at my fingertips and, uh, somebody who's maybe in a crisis or struggling, I can kind of, uh, open doors for them quickly but then moving forward, I'm just somebody who, uh, you know, is your uh, <laughs> recovery friend. And um, often people uh, who are a part of 12-step programs, they'll have a sponsor and they'll have that network. I support those people too. Uh, and lots of people don't want anything to do with that. And there's a lot of resources elsewhere that a lot of people don't know about. So... I think I'm a resource broker. Um, that's one of the terms, and uh, just a supportive uh, person. This is a, a. I mean, it's a beautiful sunny day. It's kind of a floating holiday, but this is a heavy. This is a heavy subject. Yeah, it is. But it's it's a conversation we need to have. Um, and I, I appreciate, you know, Gary Pratt and Adam Post for coming on the show. This is really an important topic. We need to not be afraid to talk about it mm-hmm. going forward, no matter what our line of work is or whatever our, our course in life is. But you both have been very actively involved in the smash the stigma. Um, and I think that's critically important. So for folks who are listening who maybe have a, a family member or a neighbor or a coworker going through this, Adam, you're a recovery. You're both, you're both a recovery coaches in many ways. But 
How do you have that conversation when I think some families are afraid to talk about it? If their son or daughter is, is or the brother or sister is having a, an issue, we don't want to talk about it because that may trigger them to be thinking differently about it. So, but that's not a good therapy. Not talking about it is not healthy. Mm-hmm. So having both of you in recovery for several years now, does it trigger anything when somebody comes in off the street and starts talking to you guys about uh, what their own experiences is? Does that ha- you have any flashbacks? In, Certainly. <laughs> is, is that healthy? Does it, does it, uh, is it a mechanism you can deal with? I just trying to, what yeah. message can we get out to people who are listening to this that are maybe afraid to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, talking about it is key. Like, always. Any kind of therapy is usually talking even for the addict yeah yeah. it's good for them to talk about so like you know that's the thing is like we all have environmental cues that trigger certain behaviors Mm -hmm. certain thoughts you know and like you know i'll speak as a person in long-term recovery myself like it was a i had a misunderstanding for my own personal recovery in the beginning like you know if i heard a particular song if i watch a particular Mm -hmm. movie that i was gonna not be able to handle it and make like poor choices but what i've been able to do is you know through like things like cognitive behavioral therapy and evidence-based practice be able to like have thought reviews in my head and not be a um you know like addiction in and of itself is almost like an impulse control issue you know the substances take over your brain and like make you make poor choices you know as you get into recovery you learn that you have the ability to have a second thought and you don't have to act on the impulse. So like, even if you're exposed to that environmental cue, you don't always have to act on it, you know? And like I said, I'm a person in long-term recovery myself. And you know, one of the things I struggle with today is my weight and eating, right? Like food can act very similarly to a substance. You know, I know that fully well, you know, when I see a pint of ice cream, I should eat that. I should eat it. Right. (laughs) But there's consequences to that, you know? So that's kind of what happens in recovery. People start to be able to have that second thought and they start to be able to understand that they don't have to act on that initial thought, Mm. you know? So having that conversation and teaching these tools is what's super important. Um, you know, and fostering that connection between people. That's where Adam comes in really well, you know, and to, to really embrace multiple pathways to recovery. You know, we've been, we've been, you know, for a hundred years now, been talking about, you know, the, the only treatment for addiction or substance use is abstinence. And while that may work for a lot of people, it doesn't work for everybody. And that's okay. It's truly okay to meet people where they're at. You know, we talk about harm reduction today. Harm reduction is essential it really is and we we experience harm reduction every day in certain areas not just substance use right we keep fire extinguishers everywhere not everybody's going to have a fire right we build fire departments not everybody's going to have a fire right we wear seat belts you're old enough you probably remember when seat belts were made mandatory I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but people people no, right. people went off oh we went on family vacations in the station wagon we went the way back yeah I mean, that was but the... people went off you can't make me wear a seat belt <laughs> like yeah. you know this is a very simple thing that almost everybody does today and it saves lives and it saves lives yeah. it absolutely saves lives and so does harm reduction safe injection mm-hmm. sites they they save people's lives like uh, safe syringe access saves people's lives and yeah. that's coming to great barrington too i want to give a shout out to berkshire harm reduction they're going to be opening a, an office in great barrington uh dr jenny michaels from the breen center um she's a dear friend and uh, she told me you know historically when we talk about smash the stigma is that uh, you know women who got breast cancer 
back yeah. in the 40s and the 50s, and even into the 60s, were vilified in society. Oh my God, they were they were poisoned. They were they you know it, it was going to be contagious, whatever. And a lot of a lot of females sadly died because they had nowhere to go. Yeah. And I think smashing that stigma back then. Now, if you have breast cancer, okay, we're gonna here's what we're gonna do. We got it going here. But smashing the stigma. What yeah. can we do, folks who are listening right now? Whether you know of anybody or not, and I, I agree with you, Gary and, and, and Adam, you don't have to look very far to know yeah. somebody going through some substance <clears throat> disorder. It could be alcohol. It could be smoking. It could be an eating disorder. It could be, yeah. There's a lot of substances out there that are distracting to people's minds. But folks who are listening, how can they help? Yeah. What is the ultimate goal for you guys in Southern Berkshire County? Yeah, I think, I think the key to smashing stigma is to rehumanize people. Like, we are talking about people here. We're talking about people with substance use disorder. We are talking about people who are affected in any way, shape, or form by substances or, you know, in that orbit. Like, people matter. People matter. And when you when you start throwing around terms like junkie or drunk or, mm-hmm. you know, crackhead, whatever, like, whatever pejorative you want to throw at people, that dehuman- dehumanizes people. And when you dehumanize people, you, you don't have to do anything to really help. So, like, you know, looking at the person holistically is super important, you know. And you, you bring up Smash the Stigma. One of, one of the things that people can do is, um, you know, on September 17th, we're going to be bringing back Smash the Stigma. Like, hopefully the pandemic will, you know, keep on the trajectory it's at. But, you know, prior to the pandemic in 2019, we had the Smash the Stigma event in Great Barrington where mm-hmm. we had hundreds of people show up. Mm-hmm. We had food trucks and family activities and you know, we put over 300 purple flags on the town hall lawn to signify each opioid overdose death in Berkshire County since 2010. And unfortunately, if we do the flag thing, we're going to have to put more flags on the town, on the town hall lawn this it, time it, around. It's always hard to get real numbers yeah. from the state and the federal government. But yeah. what has happened in the last two years during this pandemic? I, I like to think we're into an endemic. Yeah. It's still there. It's yeah. not going to go away, but it's not maybe the, maybe not the pandemic's aspect. But what has happened the last two years? If you could paint a picture of what the Southern Berkshires look like mm-hmm. in this situation, how has it changed since this pandemic started? Yeah, I mean, what's happened is people were even more isolated than they were prior. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a rural area, and, you know, Great Barrington's been traditionally the hub of South County. Um, People would have to travel to their 12-step meetings. 12-step meetings shut Mm. down during the pandemic. You know, they all, they went to Zoom, and, you know, I'm very grateful for platforms like Zoom to be able to do that, but still, like, that that isolation is real. To, To remove that human connection from people is, it's detrimental, like, supremely detrimental to be able to just give somebody a handshake or a hug to be able to connect like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so that that's changed. It's absolutely changed. And like face-to-face meetings are starting back up, but some of them are not going to start back up, right? you know? So like that isolation, it it can very quickly morph to depression. It can mm-hmm. very more, very quickly morph to other, um, other mental health issues. And like the thing is when, when people already have an underlying substance use disorder and they experience those things, it can exacerbate it even further. Mm. We're here with uh, Gary Pratt and Adam Post from the Recovery Center of the Berkshires. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to say that there's a storefront on the main road yeah. in, in Great Barrington. So I thank you very much for, for doing that. Adam, you know, other than your own personal story, I mean, it, what motivates you to continue to do this? And do you see hope? 
Sure. I, I, if you don't mind, I know we're almost out of time, but I wanted to go back to the question about what people can do in terms of stigma. And I just real quick, um, I think what I've uh, experienced is that, you know, we talk about like most of us, we don't have to look too far, like you said, to find somebody struggling. I think most people have actually used some substance, right? And I think uh, it's human nature when you see somebody like uh, we talked about the food issue. Um, if I'm not struggling with a substance, but I engage with that substance, somehow there's a block to understand why this person can't stop or their relationship. But these are things that um, are developed over our entire lives. Like, so the, I think that um, in terms of uh, helping uh, with stigma in a personal way, I think just trying to find uh, some empathy for one thing and uh, you know you can educate yourself um, just by paying attention I think it's not that complicated but I think it, it is a tough thing to to really empathize and understand somebody struggling with a substance <clears throat> that I don't struggle with right mm -hmm. most people have uh, drank or smoked pot or done whatever um, and we think of people who do have that struggle as wildly different than we are. Uh, it, we all um, have our struggles. Uh, and you had asked... Um, do you see do hope? We, yeah, I do. I actually, Gary and I are constantly talking about, um, you know, uh, did we mention our meeting on Friday night? So we do an all-recovery meeting on Friday night at the Recovery Center. See a lot of hope there. Yeah, it's, it's been really incredible. It's kind of a non-denominational um, open meeting. Um, and we sort of embrace all pathways like we've been talking about. And there is a mixture, actually, of people in recovery and people supporting a loved one or, or a friend in recovery or trying to get into recovery. And I think what, what I keep feeling from this meeting is uh, open-mindedness. I think that's kind of the... Uh, what we're what we're learning from each other by embracing each other's multiple different pathways it's just a matter of being open-minded and um, just trying to support a, a, a friend or a brother or sister that kind of thing and that's that's where I get hope I mean it's very depressing the overdoses these days and um, you know I don't know if we're doing any numbers about that or what but it's super depressing mm -hmm. um but you know i'm i'm speaking with people every day who are on the path so yeah i'm very hopeful i, lo I love when you both say that you know meet them meet whoever they are where they're at yeah. and i think that's so important that we should do that in society every day you know, just naturally folks who are listening um if they want to learn more and they're again trying to get them to come out and ask those questions. But if they want to do a little bit more research on the Rural, Re Rural Recovery Center, how would they do that? Is there a website, a phone yeah, number? There, yeah, there's a website. It's rural-recovery.org. Um, you can find our contact information on there, Adam's number, my number. Um, okay. We also have two full-time recovery coaches in Great Barrington. I just want to let the public know that. Um, I want to thank the town of Great Barrington for funding that through the Community Impact mm -hmm. Funding. You know, they were they were gracious enough to give us $35,000, and we were able to hire another full-time recovery coach. So, Do you have um, a 24-hour hotline? or we, we, have a, we have a phone line that's set up okay. to forward to our cell phones, and, you know, while we're not on call, we basically act like we are. Yeah. So, you know, um, if somebody calls us, absolutely leave a message, and we will call back as Happy soon as Happy to speak to anybody yeah. for any length of time yep. about anything. And what's that number? <laughs> um, <laughs> you can just call Adam's number for right now. It's 
854-5820. And, um, yeah, (laughs) I don't have our landline number memorized yet because I just turned it on. But, um, but yeah, you can find our website, like I said, rural-recovery.org. Reach out. Yeah, definitely. It's it's so important. And and like I say, I think, uh, you, you know, we're asking people to walk in the front door. We're going, to, we're going to treat people with respect and yeah. rural recovery, and it's not uh, the building down the dead-end road and you come in the side door. And yeah. we're, we're asking you to walk in the front door, and that's how you're going to be treated. I, I did a nice tour the other day. I'm very impressed with the location and the team uh, that you guys have put together, and I think it's so important. So I, I just hope people will, you know, the smash the stigma, it, it's, a, it's a great event. It's good to be having it go back. Yeah. Uh, we still have a couple more months. Uh, September 17th is the day. But this uh, Rural Recovery Center, it's not just – drugs is nope. alcohol it could be an eating disorder yeah. i mean just having someone to talk to i think is going to be critically important and uh, that's another stigma that we may have to probably overcome as well but yeah. rural recovery is a very broad definition and I, I i applaud you for doing that so gary pratt and adam post um congratulations on your Thank own you. personal recoveries and sharing your personal stories and in opening up the door for other people in the Southern Berkshires. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks, thanks for having Smitty. us, Mike. Appreciate it. And Ron, thanks for pushing all the right buttons, yeah, keeping thanks, us on Ron. the air. Thanks, uh, Ron. We'll be back next week with another great show. Until then, be well, be safe, have fun, be happy. Let's all take care of one another. Let's all be Berkshire.